Hello, everybody. Thanks for listening to Theory Lab, the American Cancer Society's. Well, usually it's our research podcast. We talk with cancer scientists about their work and try to explain these complicated, very important cancer research concepts in simple language. But today, well, this is the reason why we fund cancer research and breast cancer research at the American Cancer Society. You're going to hear from um, Susan Petrie, who's our managing director of Making Strides Against Breast Cancer. That is a walk to raise funds for the American Cancer Society to try to help end breast cancer. And really, it's more than a walk. It's a movement where cancer patients, survivors, and caregivers can feel a sense of community, which is more important than ever in 2020. And you're also going to hear uh, our conversation with two amazing women, a metastatic breast cancer thriver and a cancer survivor. Suzanne, my heart was just full after this conversation. Uh, Joe, you're, you're right when you say thriver. I mean, these conversations are going to blow your socks off. So Strides itself is an awesome event because it, it brings together breast cancer patients and survivors and caregivers in a really symbolic way to approach this walk, participate in the walk and cross the finish line in much the same way that we approach the cancer journey. So I know you can see the parallels and I know our listeners are going to enjoy hearing all about the experience from multiple different viewpoints. Okay, so let's get into this conversation. Um, the first part of the episode is Dr. Susanna Greer speaking with Valerie Mortimer and Joya Harris. So I asked Valerie how she wanted me to introduce her. She said she's happily married for 34 years with two wonderful sons. and She's been a Making Strides Against Breast Cancer volunteer since 1998. Uh, so she's a mom, she's a registered nurse, and she's a metastatic breast cancer thriver. Um, our other guest is my friend and colleague, Joya Harris. She is our director of research integration. She's one of the nicest people I've ever worked with. And my goodness, she's got a great story to tell. After, we, after you hear from Valerie and Joya, uh, the second conversation is with our colleague, Susan Petrie. She is the managing director of Making Strides Against Breast Cancer. And she's going to talk about what a wonderful community of volunteers that is. Good morning, Valerie. Good morning, Joya. How are you? Good morning. Good morning. Good. We are so excited to have you on the podcast. So if you're ready, we'll dive right in. So, Valerie, I'd love to start with you with my first question. As much as you feel comfortable sharing with us, could you tell us about your diagnosis and your journey with cancer? Sure. Um, in 2010, I was diagnosed with straight stage three breast cancer. I was treated at that time with a double mastectomy, chemo and radiation. I continued with follow-up with my oncologist. I took tamoxifen and I thought uh, it was all behind me. In 2016, unfortunately, after some back and hip and uh, shoulder issues, I had a bone scan and found out that I had uh, my breast cancer had returned in my bones. So I was given the diagnosis of metastatic breast cancer. Uh, in 2019, last year, I did find out now that I do have uh, breast cancer in my liver, uh, metastatic breast cancer in my liver. 
metastatic breast cancer, as you know, is at this stage treatable, but not curable. So uh, I've been since 2016, I've been on seven courses of medication, uh, oral medication and IV chemo medication. It slows down the growth of the cancer temporarily. But if I can't tolerate it anymore, or if it's not working, then we have to move to the next line of treatment. Um, I think it is important to say that the medication that I've been on within the past five years hasn't even been around years ago. So research is so near and dear to me, it is actually prolonging my life and keeping me around. Uh, a line of treatment that's just about to be uh, approved by the FDA is will be coming out and my oncologist is very excited about that. That will be probably my next line of treatment. Uh, fighting metastatic breast cancer is a, a physical challenge and a mental challenge. I mean, going through cancer really is both. Physically, I'm a little beat up, but mentally I'm very strong and, and, and I'm stronger than ever and I'm doing well. Thank you, Valerie. I'm so glad to hear that. What a gut-wrenching journey, but um, thank you for sharing with us. Joya, would you, would you share with us your, your journey with cancer? Sure. In uh, 2007, I was diagnosed with stage 3C breast cancer. Um, what I remember most that my kids were three and five at the time. And I remember asking um, the person who called, which happened to be a radiologist, you know, how much time do I have? Which, of course, she could not answer at the time, but just delivered that information. So it was a total life-changing moment. Um, I had uh, surgery, double mastectomy, followed by six months of chemo, six weeks of radiation, and uh, hormone therapy after that. Um, so we are um, we are seeing how that goes. It's so far so good, um, but just every day is 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 still part of the very much part of the journey. I very much heard the same words from you both. Um, a very real portrayal of the journey you've been through, and I heard scans, surgery chemotherapy, radiation, it's working for the moment, wait and see, appreciation for research, life-changing, life-altering. Um, but I also heard a lot of hope and a lot of resilience. So Valerie, in, in the face of all of that and all of those tough words, would you share with us where you find strength during this, I guess, what we can maybe describe as a fight with against breast cancer? Um, I always say to people that uh, fighting uh, breast cancer without a good support system, without good health insurance and without good doctors, I could imagine would be horrible. So fortunately for me, uh, that gives me strength right there. I have a great healthcare team. I have an excellent support system and luckily I have good health insurance. Um, I do realize that, you know, illness is a part of life as we get older, things happen and um, it doesn't make me angry. It just has made me stronger because one day at a time, I take one day at a time. I'm grateful. I have a lot of gratitude. I really do enjoy helping others in similar experiences going through the things I'm going through. Um, and I also... Uh, spend time with people, my support system, and I'm happy, I'm upbeat, but I do draw a lot of strength by um, 
spending time with people, you know, who, who have had similar journeys. That's really helped me a lot. And it's where I draw a lot of my strength from. Well, we're grateful you're sharing your sources of strength and your journey with all of our listeners today. Joya, what about you? What What's brought you strength? Yeah, I agree 100% with what Valerie just said. Um, she nailed, nailed it. Um, the kids I mentioned that were three and five when I was diagnosed are now 16 and 17. And um, I am grateful too for every day, even when they say things in not the most respectful tone to me. <laughs> it gives me a moment to just um, chuckle. They're wonderful kids, but it gives me a moment to just really um, be grateful that I'm here to to be part of their lives at this moment. Um, and so I draw my strength from from them and from my family. Um, my support system is so critical. And also, Valerie's answer reminded me just how grateful I am for the American Cancer Society. Um, she mentioned access to care or, you know, health care. Um, when I was diagnosed, I was actually doing contract work. I made sure my kids were insured, but I wasn't insured. I figured, oh, I just pay for um, my well doctor visits um, as needed. Did not expect, of course, to get cancer. So I was able to get insured after my diagnosis through the breast and cervical cancer program, which is um, a fantastic program run through Medicaid that was that was that came to be essentially for because of the hard work of folks like our ACS Cancer Action Network colleagues. So the point I'm making is that every pillar of our mission was was critical for me. You know, learning that a drug I took, Herceptin, came to be because of of some research that ACS had funded over the years. So it really holds a special place in my heart. Um, working here um, makes it even more makes it even more precious, knowing how important the mission is to to patients. Thank you, Joya. So, Valerie, you've also been significantly involved on the volunteer side with the American Cancer Society. And I think specifically with one of our programs called Making Strides Against Breast Cancer, which we're also highlighting as another part of this podcast. So, would you share that story with us? And I think our listeners would really benefit from understanding how being involved with an event like Strides and maybe the community that comes with it has helped you during your cancer journey. Um, in 1998, I was working as a registered nurse and I had heard that there was going to be a breast cancer walk at the beach. And um, I just said to some people that I work with, I said, you know, I'm going to go to this. I said, the beach is beautiful. I said, and we're young, we're healthy, and we should be out there raising money for people going through breast cancer. So back then, I always kid around. For me, it was just like, you know, it's a day at the beach. Leave the husband and the children at home. The girls will go out. We'll have a nice ladies' day. And that's what it started as. But obviously, we enjoyed it so much. We continued it year after year. And I always do, um, I could, I could, I commend the American Cancer Society because each year at this event by us in Long Island, New York, more and more people show up for this and how it's such an organized group of people. It's amazing. They raise more and more money every year, but it's just like getting off the point. Um, they do an excellent job. It's my favorite thing to do. So in 2010, when I was a breast cancer patient, I said, okay, this is taking on a lot more meaning for me. 
And then in 2016, when I became a metastatic breast cancer patient, we had gone to the breakfast that they have every year. And I went with a friend, a support, really good support system friend. And she said, we need to do something real big and we need to do this upright. So we formed Bounce Pals. We went on social media and we formed such a good team that we raised, ended up raising $10,000 one year and then $20,000 the next year. I think it's really important to, um, like I said, for me, I'm taking advantage of research things that come up. I've been in clinical trials, but to know that American Cancer Society helps people and has so many programs and supports so much of the research. For me, it's kind of a way that I celebrate me. I celebrate all the best breast cancer patients, but it's also my way of giving back to the American Cancer Society. So um, I think in 2010, when I was first diagnosed, I just wanted to do everything to put this whole experience behind me. In 2016, I was so angry. I said, I was really good the first time around and I don't deserve this. So I did join support groups and I did seek out other people in, in the breast cancer community. And I've taken advantage of what the services they have to offer me, which is why any chance I get to give back and be in a situation where I could help others, uh, that's, that's exactly what I want to do. Well, your attitude is, oh, it's so inspirational. Well, first of all, I love Val's Pals. <laughs> I want to join. I think you have three new supporters for Val's Pal. That's incredible. Excellent. And I, I, I think that your comment around your, and I'll be interested to hear Joya's thoughts, but that gut response of how is this happening to me? I want this to go away. I want to do everything I can. Initially, it has to be so universal. What is so, I think, incredibly impressive is your acknowledgement of now I'm I am continuing to move through this journey and seeing how I continue to not only need this support but get so much from this event and events like it and then the realization that the research that is supported by the ACS the trials that come out of that is 100% dependent on events like this so I think that um, that's a, a a, a really honest way of sharing how we all kind of go full circle in our thoughts around, and, and quite frankly, we should, you know, going from, I need help, I need this, to how can I then participate in something that's that's um, not only beneficial to me, but bigger than me. So thank you. That's really lovely. So uh, Joya, I'd, I'd love to hear your perspective on the question I had asked Valerie was, what, what can being involved in maybe strides itself as an event um, and being a part of that community of survivors, what's that done for you? There's nothing like surrounding yourself um, by people that have had a shared experience. And I think you said it really well, Susanna, um, you know, I think it's human to have that why me moment, right? But I, I've talked to many more survivors who have acknowledged that feeling, but then have moved into very, I would say very quickly, the almost why not me, or I, I get that it is me, and here's what I've got to do. So it's a lot of strength that um, that that one has, and that when you provide your, when you surround yourself with folks in, in at an event like Making Strides Against Breast Cancer, it just, it's so... 
um, empowering, invigorating, rejuvenating. It, it just really helps to build you up. And it also is a place where you can be vulnerable and almost you just, you know, lean in to the fear, but also lean into the support and the encouragement. So um, I say it's just a sea of love and and community and support and all the things that help one um, put one foot in front of the other and keep it moving. So Joya, let's let's take that one step further. So for our listeners who are somewhere on that journey and maybe they're closer to the beginning, they're closer to that initial diagnosis space and asking that question of why me and moving through that progression of why not me and then what am I gonna do? What advice do you have? It, it, it's just hard. So I, I'd love to hear your perspective. Yeah, thank you. It is just hard. I think that um, Valerie said earlier, uh, it is very, she said physical and mental, I believe was the term she used. I call this really a mind, body, spirit thing. Like you, like you have to, I think, first go through your, your processing of it. And what I, what I tell people, if I'm speaking to someone who's newly diagnosed is I tell them to feel all the feelings. It is hard. It is scary. It is all of that. Um, I, try to encourage them not to dwell in that, but to take that and, and move through it. And it's okay if they go back to it, but just keep trying to move through it. And the, I'll never forget my doctor telling me um, at one of my first visits with her, put one foot in front of the other, take one day at a time. And that's really all one can do, especially in that initial phase. I found that my most challenging period was between diagnosis and then knowing what the treatment was going to be because you're, there are all these unknowns and you have to have all these tests to figure out staging and prognosis and all that stuff. So that's a very daunting period. Um, but you know, my advice would be to put one foot in front of the other, literally. And I think you'll find that over time that gets a little bit easier, but it's okay to be sad. It's okay to be baffled you know, and angry, but as much as you can move through that, and get to a more positive place, the better off you'll be in surrounding yourself with people um, that are encouraging and and loving and also accepting help. Because a lot of people want to give help and and most people, especially most women, are, are not as likely to take the help, um, but accept it um, because people want to do that for you. So that's that would be my advice. Valerie. What advice do you have to add to or maybe reiterate what Joya said if you think back to those early days? Joya, I loved, I loved your answer. I, I loved your answer because I agree with every one of them. Um, I said I do consult, oh, console, not consult, but console a lot of people originally diagnosed with breast cancer. And the first number one thing I tell them is like, don't freak out because you're probably not going to die. And, you know, here I am, I have a terminal illness, unless they could come up with a cure and save me, I will die of metastatic breast cancer. But that's worst case scenario. But I think everybody, when they get that news, they're like, oh my gosh, that's it, I'm going to die. So I'm very open and I tell people like, first of all, you're probably not going to die. So, and then you're going to go through what has to be done. You'll be tested. It's not going to be easy, you'll be tested. Um, you'll learn a lot about strength that you didn't know you had. 
and um, to uh, make sure that you choose your healthcare team wisely and research your treatment options and then make a decision regarding those options and then put your faith in the fact that you've made the right decision. And Susanna, one more thing I would add to that too is that you never know the strength you have until you have to employ it. You know, I, and I, I stopped saying, I don't know how she does that, or I don't know how he did that, or, you know, because you never know what you'll have to go through and you'll be surprised at the energy, or the, um, not the energy, the energy too, but the strength that you have to pull from and, and, and you, you can do it, you will do it. So that's important to know. Oh, it's tough to listen to you too. Impressive women. Um, and quite frankly, I mean, we should probably level set and say that we are, as a world, going through pretty unprecedented times. And I think as we sit in the middle of a global pandemic, we could all use a lot of the advice that you have shared, which is find a support system, help others, spend time with people, be grateful, put one step foot in front of the other. And, and that's without a breast cancer diagnosis. So I'd be interested if you just have a final thought, it's especially thinking about right now, um, is there something that you would really like for people to know either about breast cancer or being diagnosed with breast cancer during this pandemic or what the journey will look like? Um, Valerie, I'd, I'd love to start with you. Susanna, it's so interesting that you said that because when the whole pandemic thing first started to unfold, I had told people, I said, you know, I've been battling metastatic breast cancer for four years and I'm a little prepared for this. I'm better prepared. I, you know, there is no guarantees for me. There is no certainty. So it, it's 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 funny to hear somebody else say it. But um, I do think that uh, the best thing is early detection is the key, or if you could prevent breast cancer if possible in the first place. Um, so it's really important that you do make sure you stay on top of your breast, your breast health. Um, I think there is way too much breast cancer around. And unfortunately, from metastatic breast cancer, about 42,000 people will die in a year. So I, I, breast cancer, again, if it could be prevented, is number one, if it could be early detected is number two, but the third, the progress that's been made and the strides and the fact that I'm on medication that wasn't even around years ago and it's keeping me here and you know able to put one foot in front of the other and keep going and you know be around for my family and loved ones and seeing how this pandemic unfolds, it's really important that the momentum has to keep going. And I know right now there's you know, things aren't what they were like in February, but uh, the strides made for cancer prevention and treatment, it, the, the momentum has to get going. I always joke around and I say, really, like my life depends upon it. But it, at, at this point with metastatic breast cancer, it does. So that's my final thoughts about cancer. Thank you, Valerie. Joya. Yeah, I would say um, my heart goes out to anyone being newly diagnosed in the midst of this pandemic. This is not easy for any of us. Um, 
I, I will say that, um, I guess, being gratefully 13 years out, I, I feel like, you know, I can kind of get through anything. I've been through chemo. I can do this. I can get through this pandemic. We will get through this. Um, um, I say that knowing that there are people that are newly diagnosed and, and struggling with this. So I would say that a big lesson is to be your own best advocate. And whether that means you're being it or you're bringing someone along to a doctor's visit or a virtual visit um, that that can help you um, receive the information that you're being given and process that and know the next step. So be your own best advocate is super important. Um, but I do think that it's not easy these days. But again, I'm going to go back to what I said. You, people will be surprised at their strength and their resilience and their resolve and to hold tight to that. Um, I, as an employee of the American Cancer Society, I am constantly wowed by what we do in the midst of this pandemic. I look at Susanna Yu and our extramural scientific directors and our, our population science team and our data science team and our cancer control team and our ACS CAN colleagues. And there's so much work that is being done because cancer doesn't stop. And um, when I look at how we do peer review and know the extraordinary applications we're getting and the award, the um, grants that we're funding, it gives me a lot of hope for the future. The stuff does not happen overnight in research, but it gives me a lot of hope for what's to come. And um, knowing, you know, for it's nice to see it firsthand and knowing the amount of energy and time that goes into evaluating these applications and making sure that we are choosing that incredible science that can go on to produce results for people like me and like Valerie and and all those going through uh, a cancer experience. Well, thank you, Valerie. Thank you, Joya. And unfortunately, you're both right. Valerie said there's way too much breast cancer, and you're right. And Joya, you said that um, cancer doesn't quit, and you're exactly right. The great news is that um, neither have you two and neither has the American Cancer Society. So I'm gonna put you two on my gratitude journal today for sharing your stories with us. And um, I wish you both the best of health. Stay well and stay safe. Thank you. Okay, you just heard my colleague, Dr. Greer speak with um, American Cancer Society volunteer, Valerie Mortimer and our colleague, Joya Harris. So now, you're going to hear Susan Petrie, who's our Managing Director of Making Strides Against Breast Cancer, uh, talk about that event, how it's changed during the pandemic, and, and what's coming up. Hello, Susan. How are you today? I am great. How are you? I am doing well. It's a rainy day here in Atlanta and starting to feel a tiny bit like fall, which is kind of awesome. It, it, well, it's a fall day here outside of New York, and it actually, I woke up feeling like it could be a Making Strides Day. It feels like that little crispness in the air. All right. Well, we are so excited to talk to you about Making Strides. So I, I imagine many of our listeners know about Making Strides against breast cancer, but in case they don't, tell us, what is Making Strides Against Breast Cancer? We, we all want to know. Sure. So in the simplest ways, Making Strides Against Breast Cancer is an event that the American Cancer Society started in 1993. And we are the largest networks of walks 
across the country. Um, but the better way to say it is that we are a million people strong each and every year, united to all come together in our individual stories of how breast cancer has touched us to form one story in October. And that's really what we are. We are fighters and warriors and strivers and thrivers that come together, that walk three to five miles, um, get across the start line, get across that finish line, and we are there to make a difference in the fight against breast cancer. So if I asked you, well, why do we do it? Why do we have this strides event? It, it sounds like there's a lot about maybe the process of that walk. Maybe it's, and, and I'd love to hear your perspective on this. Maybe it's, there's something about just showing up and then there's something about walking and then there's something about actually completing and walking across the finish line. Yes, so definitely it's all those things. It is about coming together and building awareness. And you know, I've always believed that you come to a Making Strides event and, and all together we are saving lives because we're getting messages out about when you need to go get your mammogram and how you need to take care of yourself and eat well and get exercise. And, and then to also understand the importance of the research that we fund that it's, it's beyond finding a cure, which is obviously the most important thing, but just how do we give you better treatments? How do you react to different things? So it's, it is the showing up and building awareness, and it is unapologetically raising money. It takes money to find a cure. It takes money to help people get the transportation that they need. It takes money to pass the laws that we need to save the lives. So, um, I used to in the beginning when I first started working for the American Cancer Society and people would say, is it awareness or fundraiser? And would you believe it was our survivors who so vocally said, no, we have to raise the money. And that those are our most passionate fundraisers or our survivors or one per a caregiver because they know how important this money is. And they, along with me and you and so many people, know that by so supporting Making Strides through the American Cancer Society, they are making an investment in their future because they truly believe in what we do with the money that we raise. You know, you are so right. And I, I cannot tell you, and I'm sure you have so many stories of how many volunteers who they themselves are breast cancer patients, and caregivers and survivors who have absolutely bored me with their just willingness to go to bat for us because they understand that we do have to raise the money. It's not only an investment in their life or in the life of their loved ones, but in the life of future generations. So let's talk a little bit more about that. I'd love to hear, I'd love to hear a little bit more about the money is raised. Can you help us understand how much money is raised through Strides? So since 1993, we have raised $990 million. So if my math is correct, that gets us pretty close this year that we are going to cross the billion dollar mark, which I have to say for the most part is raised five, 10, $20 at a time. We love those large corporate checks and we love large donors giving us checks. 
But all in all, it's raised five, ten, twenty dollars at a time. And so that's that's a lot of money, right? That that's definitely a lot of money. It comes from team fundraising, it comes from, you know, kids at school raising a dollar, putting money in, in a coin can. Um, but it all adds up. It's pretty significant amount of money. And we invest that in research. We invest that in being available 24 hours a day, seven days a week. We invested in our transportation because you know as well as I do that if you can't get to treatment, you're not going to get the treatment. So all of those things are so important. And we're so proud of how we take donor dollars and invest it in the American Cancer Society so that people see what they're getting for that money. So the person that donates $5 feels just as special as the person who writes a check for $10,000 because it all adds up. And I've always felt that you never know that $5 could just be what we need to be able to get another research grant that could lead us in the direction that we need to go. Oh my gosh, you should be, you, you and everyone who's participated in Stride should be so incredibly proud. That is a lot of zeros behind that fundraising amount that you've made. So congratulations. I, I, and I 100% agree with you that every, every donation is so important and so necessary. And like you, I feel equally proud of the way that we are able to use those dollars towards investments um, that range all the way from rides to research. Um, it's all critical and it's all important. So I want to pivot a little bit because I know that this year has been different for all of us. Um, and I know that you want strides to, I mean, obviously to continue to be successful but we don't want to lose this year. So during the pandemic, maybe we could talk just a little bit about how has your preparation for strides changed? What should people expect the experience to be like? And um, maybe what are your hopes for this year? Oh, how has this year changed? Boy, right, that is, that is the question. So making strides has always been more than a walk. It's, it's a movement. I mean, that's really what it is. And this year, we are asking people to join the movement and fund the future. I have a daughter, you know, we want our future generation to not have to worry about hearing the words, you have breast cancer. And this is the first year that we really are in jeopardy of what that future could look like. So, it has always been more than a walk, but we still need to celebrate all that we do. So I would say just about everything has changed. And the only thing that hasn't changed is the passion of our volunteers and participants. That's actually stronger than ever. There's a stronger resolution to be able to keep the fight going. And so the way we're kind of activating on that will definitely look different. Our primary concern this year is no different, honestly, than it's ever been for Making Strides. The safety of our participants is the top thing that we keep in mind as we plan these events. And remember, Making Strides are largely, these 200 events are largely in urban events. We have some events that have 50, 60, 70,000 participants coming out on a Saturday or Sunday morning. So their safety and especially the, the well-being of our breast cancer survivors is top of mind. So things will look different this year. 
Um, what we're really looking at is in many of our communities, having some local experience that follow whatever the local guidelines are within their own community. But I'm also excited is that we are going to, for the first time ever, have an event called Strides Live Across America, which will take place on Sunday, October 18th at noon Eastern. And it will really be just kind of a chance midway through the month of October to celebrate all that our participants have done throughout this season and throughout the years. We'll have a live simulcast between Boston and Las Vegas, and it'll be an opportunity for us to see what's happening across the country at so many of our local activations, whatever they're doing to experience there. Um, and we're excited for that. It, it will not be the same as walking arm in arm, but wherever, whoever you're with, wherever you are, we still want you to participate and join. We're asking everyone to sign up at makingstrideswalk.org join our movement and find out how you can be part of funding the future. This is such a unique opportunity that everybody has to keep research going. We, you know, every survivor you speak to, you hear about the treatments that they went through. And that was an investment that people made years ago. We know how critical it is and everything that we've learned about breast cancer that an early diagnosis has such a high survival rate. So that's so important to make sure that everybody gets the chance to survive and to find their diagnosis at the earliest stage. Susan, I love hearing your enthusiasm and kind of this resolute tone in your voice around the joy for an event that means so much to so many people. And I think one of the things that you shared is really interesting to me that strides will look a, a little bit different this year, but I think that's okay. I mean, we all look a little bit different this yeah, year. Yeah, I totally agree. It's different, but it's for me, the feeling is in my heart. And so it doesn't matter where you are, you can still have that same feeling. Yeah, 100%. And, and I love that you're having this really just wonderful celebration at noon on October 18th, because I, I feel like events like that allow us to come together even when we're apart. And even if you're by yourself, <laughs> and maybe holding on to a little plant or your pet or a friend or a neighbor or someone who lives in your home, that's okay. We're, we're all gonna be feeling the same feelings and hoping the same hopes at the exact same time. And I think that's just a really wonderful way to carry the thoughtfulness and the momentum and the goal of Strides Forward and really just an absolutely unprecedented time because um, change is okay. Change can help us grow. And we're all learning that we can do more differently than we ever thought possible. So I'm so grateful for you and your colleagues and for all of our wonderful volunteers who are help making this happen. Well, thank you. And we're grateful for them. And, and we're learning new things and some things we would have never tried in prior years. And we're taking some risks. And I think that that's okay because we're learning a lot. We all wanna do better. And so it's allowed us more creativity 
um, which I think people really enjoy. And the celebration will still, we're still going to be together in October, just in a different way than we were last year. I think one of the things that our listeners might enjoy hearing from you just before we sign off, because you you've participated in so many strides and led so many during the time that you've worked with strides. Is there a particular memory that you'd share with us? Well, there's so many, but I know that there's an, an end of the show. So um, I would say probably the most special one that also relates to this time is the stride season during Superstorm Sandy in 2012. Um, at the time, I had the privilege of overseeing our events for the states of New York and New Jersey. And our last event was literally the day that Superstorm Sandy was scheduled to hit. Um, we had state of emergency scheduled for later that day in the in the state of New Jersey. And I had to get on the New Jersey Turnpike, which if anyone's been on there, you know it's jam-packed. But on that day, I was the only one on the road on the New Jersey Turnpike. And I couldn't believe it. And all the signs were flashing state of emergency later today. So I said, oh, nobody's going to be there. And I took the exit off the turnpike. And when I got off the exit, for two miles, I sat in bumper-to-bumper traffic getting to this Strides event. And I was, I mean, I literally had to sit back. I was crying in the car because I thought, these passionate volunteers, they don't know what's coming later today. They don't know if they're going to be able to get out of their house for a week, but they're here. And I went up and I thanked and hugged as many people. And they said, no, thank you for providing this event for us to come together. It's so important that we can all walk together. We'll leave safely, we'll get home safely, but we wanted to be here. And I think that's just a testament that people need this. We need these opportunities. And I was just so amazed to sit in that bumper to bumper traffic that there were thousands of people there. And sure enough, where that was in that community, that was devastatingly hit by Superstorm Sandy just five or six hours later. And of course I came back to my house and lost power for a week, but it just goes to show that when a community unites and comes together and is fighting something in a unified way, you feel the power of that. Just not the thousands that are there, but a multiplier effect. And so that always stays with me. And that's why I know the pandemic that we're in now, we will come out on the brighter side there will be making strides events in whatever way they look like in the future, but that we're our cause and our passion is the same. We're here to find an end to breast cancer, and we want everyone to join the movement and fund the future. Our future, your future, our children's future is just so important. What an awesome story. I absolutely love that, Susan. And, and you're right, it is important we do need this. And I think events like Strides probably this year more than ever remind us that we need each other. Um, the breast cancer community just never fails to amaze and impress and just um, absolutely for me um, with their passion. And so best of luck to you. I'll look forward to seeing you on October 18th and um We'll see you on the other side. Thank you for everything. All right. Take care, Susan. Bye-bye. Bye.